Gracious Father, we are truly, uh, as we have sung, undone by the mercy of the Lord. What a blessing it is to to know your Son Jesus Christ, to to see your mercy and your grace, uh, to see your love for us in uh, a very powerful way. Uh, particularly today, as we celebrate communion, as we remember your Son's sacrifice for us, because uh, without His sacrifice, we still be dead in our trespasses and sins, uh, apart from you, uh, living for our own uh, desires and our own good as opposed to glorifying the one who created us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the time that we're going to have here in your word this morning. And as we take a look at the life of Jehoshaphat, Lord, I pray that you would uh, teach us uh, to keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 17 to begin with. Um, Because today I'm going to be sharing with you uh, a special uh, sermon that I've entitled, How to Respond to Crises and Prevail. Uh, and we're going to do so by taking a look at uh, King Jehoshaphat of Judah. But let me begin by uh, asking you a question in relation to where you are right now. As you take a look at this past week, maybe this past month, uh, this past year, what kind of crises do you find yourself facing Because on any given day, without uh, announcement, without um, there being any declaration of any sort, we can find ourselves facing a crisis uh, and not know how to handle it. Sometimes we face our crises as if we are the end-all, be-all in the world, that I've got this, uh, I don't need anyone else's help, uh, and uh, proceed with it being that, uh, that being the case. And then we find ourselves coming up short. Sometimes we find ourselves um, being overwhelmed by those crises because we don't know which way to turn, left or right, uh, and don't know what to do because we look inwardly uh, when we should be looking outwardly. Uh, And so today, as we take a look at uh, King Jehoshaphat, I want to give you some things um, from his life of how we can respond to crises and prevail. Um, as we take a look at uh, just some of the background uh, in relation to King Jehoshaphat uh, of Judah, uh, he was the fourth king of Judah under the divided kingdom. And he reigned for 25 years. Uh, and as you took a look at uh, Jehoshaphat, if you look there in chapter 17 of Second Chronicles, verses 1 and 2, you'll notice there that militarily Jehoshaphat fortified his defenses against Israel. And it says, Jehoshaphat, uh, his son, reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. He placed forces in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim that Asa, his father, had captured. And so as we take a look at Jehoshaphat, um, he set himself up well uh, to militarily, you know, provide uh, uh, fortified defenses against those who would seek to come in and try and uh, cause harm to uh, the kingdom of Judah. Uh, as you can uh, are well aware that this is the divided kingdom. So uh, there was Judah and Israel. Uh, but spiritually is one of the things I want to, to you to notice. And as you take a look at verses 3 to 6 of Second Chronicles chapter 17, Jehoshaphat started his reign by honoring God. It says, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. 
in verse 3, because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. Notice what it says in verse 6. His heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And furthermore, he took the high places and ashram out of Judah. And so what Jehoshaphat did as he started his reign is he uh, reigned as one who was like his uh, father, David. Uh, he did not worship the Baals. Uh, matter of fact, he took down every uh, thing that was, you know, in relation to worshiping of the Baals, uh, including the Asherim, uh, as they would seek to, to worship uh, these foreign gods. And so he was, uh, his heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And so he removed all those distractions. He removed all those things that would bide for Judah's attention of the one true God. And he didn't just leave it there. He didn't leave it so that he was a godly king all by himself. What he saw, and, and something that we even do as we think about the church today, is that he sent out teachers. If you look at verse 9 of chapter 17, uh, it says, And they taught in Judah, having the book of the law and the Lord with them. They went about through all the cities of Judah and taught among the people. So Jehoshaphat saw the importance of God's word, God's law, not only being something that guided him, but he saw the importance of it guiding all of Judah. And so they they took out uh, and he sent out teachers so that the people themselves would be able to learn from the book of the law. But as we take a look at King Jehoshaphat, he was not a perfect king, just like none of us are perfect. Sometimes we make poor choices. Sometimes we make poor decisions. And uh, Jehoshaphat had a few of those same uh, incidences. Uh, he reached out to the wicked kings of Israel, Ahab and uh, Ahaziah. Uh, and, and we won't take the time to look at those today, but those two transgressions, those two um, misdirects or oversights on his part cost him and cost the people of Judah. But in between those two poor decisions... There's one powerful example of what Jehoshaphat did in seeking God, and that's what I want to spend the rest of our time focusing on this morning, because it's something that we can learn from, because as we take a look at our lives individually, as we take a look at our lives uh, in uh, the, the state of Connecticut, as well as the United States of America and the world at large, we find ourselves facing all kinds of crises. And the question is, will we prevail or not? And so I'd like you to flip over to Second Chronicles chapter 20, which brings us to our text for the remainder of our time this morning. And there's some things I'd like to uh, focus on here uh, in relation to Je- King Jehoshaphat's powerful prayer that we see um, chronicled here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And we're not going to read the whole chapter. I'd like to just highlight a few verses as I point out a few things uh, of how Jehoshaphat uh, acted in relation to a set of circumstances or, as we would say, a crisis he found himself facing. Uh, in verses 1 to 4, three nations had come against Jehoshaphat for battle. 
they had come seeking him out, looking uh, to uh, declare war against King Jehoshaphat and all of Judah. And you'll notice there in verses 3 and 4 of chapter 20, it says, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid. Now, how many times have you found yourself afraid because of the crises you face? You know, think about the different things that we can face as individuals. You know, sometimes we find ourselves facing sickness that we don't expect to have to face. I can speak from experience for the last three weeks. Something that completely turned my world inside out and upside down. Sometimes we find ourselves in a financial crisis. Maybe because we've lost work, maybe because, uh, you know, inflation is increasing and we're not sure how on a fixed income we're going to be able to, you know, face all the bills that are going to end up coming because the things that we enjoyed at lower prices, you know, last year all of a sudden find themselves doubling and tripling in cost. You know, what other kind of crises do you find yourself facing? Maybe a loss of work altogether. Uh, Maybe a loss of a loved one. You know, as we think about the uh, Spielman family, you know, they are, uh, you know, just on the other side of a crisis as, you know, Fred went home to be with the Lord. Uh, But it was something that was somewhat, you know, expected, but, you know, the loss of a loved one is never something that we, we welcome. Uh, because we miss that individual. Even though we can rejoice in the fact that Fred is, is worshiping the Lord and that his, you know, his faith has been made sight. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes we find ourselves afraid. And here's King Jehoshaphat, someone that it says his heart was courageous in the ways of the Lord. And here in verse 3 of chapter 20, just a few chapters later, it says that Jehoshaphat was afraid. But notice what he does in relation to that fear. It says, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. Underline those words. Take those words in because Jehoshaphat's response right here, right now, is exactly what we need to do when we find ourselves facing crises and we seek and desire to prevail over them. Because he could have looked internally, he could have gone to his advisors, you know, he could have said, well, you know, just woe is me, you know, what did I do to deserve this? You know, all the things that we can, you know, uh, you know, bring to mind, things that will overwhelm us to the point where the fear takes and grabs hold of us and won't let go. But see, King Jehoshaphat set his face to seek the Lord. And so what he did there is it finishes out verse 3, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So in other words, he called on everyone in Judah to set aside a particular time for the purpose of seeking out God to know what to do in this set of crises they found themselves facing. Verse 4 goes on to say, And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Do you notice the focus? Do you notice what they did? They didn't all of a sudden start waving their hands in the air, screaming, running through the streets, not sure what we're going to do. No, they stopped and they sought the help of the Lord. See, when we're afraid, we should seek the Lord. Well, the text doesn't stop there because verses 5 to 12, Jehoshaphat actually ends up um, putting forth a prayer. And the thing I like about this is in verse 6. 
uh, and follow along as I read. It says, and, um, said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. So what did Jehoshaphat do in this moment of crisis? He didn't start shaking his fist at heaven. He didn't say, God, you know, I've done everything right. You know, why is this happening to me? No, what he does is he recalls who God is. And see, that's the right focus. When we seek out God, when we find ourselves facing those crises, no matter what they may be, no matter how small or how large they are, we need to remember who God is. And what he's speaking here to in verse 6 of chapter 20 is God's sovereignty. And I'd like to quote from A.W. Pink because I love his definition of God's sovereignty. And this is what you need to remember. No matter what your crisis may be, or maybe you're not in a crisis at all, but maybe you're praying for someone who is, is to remember that in relation to God's sovereignty, that he is subject to none, influenced by none, absolutely independent. God does as he pleases, only as he pleases, always as he pleases. None can thwart him, none can hinder him. And those are powerful and profound words that the word of God puts forth for us to see the sovereignty of God. And this is who Jehoshaphat and all of Judah are remembering. The God who is sovereign over all. So it doesn't matter that as we read in verse 12, which gives us a context, it says, O our uh, God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but notice this. Our eyes are on you, not on the crises, but on you. Because they realized that they served a God who is sovereign over all, that none stands against God. That he is absolutely independent, that the crises are not going to affect God. Matter of fact, what happens is, is God affects the crises and gives you the ability to prevail over them. And the other thing that verse 12 also does, I think is, is interesting as well, is it acknowledges the personal limitations. You know, it says here, we do not know what to do. But how many times do we go in both you know, barrels blazing into a crisis saying, I've got this. Me, myself, and I are going to take care of this, and I'm going to be able to walk away from this triumphant. But the thing is, we don't know the beginning from the end. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what even our actions towards that crisis are going to have in relation to an effect. But God does. That's why it's important for us, even today, as we face crises, to make sure that our eyes are on the Lord, the one who is sovereign over all. Well, the text goes on in verses 13 to 17, um, because God does not leave King Jehoshaphat or Judah to squander or to wonder what is going to happen. Matter of fact, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel, uh, who is a prophet. And notice what it says there in verse 15. Uh, and he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. So in other words, I want everyone's attention because I have something that you need to hear. 
Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at the great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's the difference. But the thing is, is that how many times do we open up the word of God and we read something profound, we read something that we know is truth, but yet we, we kind of suppress it. We don't want to believe it. We don't want to act upon it. See, the thing that separates us out from the rest of the religions of the world is that we have faith and trust in the one true and living God. But sometimes we go and look in places that we should not. And instead of listening to God, we decide to try and do things our own way. Or we allow our emotions to get the best of us. Verse 17 goes on to clarify a little bit more uh, as Jehaziel continues to speak. He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. So you don't have to do anything because God's got this. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. You know, we know that the Lord uh, does not leave us or forsake us. That Jesus said he is with us all the way until the end. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that no matter what crises you may be facing, that God is bigger and over all of that? He is sovereign over all. Because you need to. You need to embrace that. You need to listen to what God says and to do what he says. You know, and they weren't, it wasn't as if they weren't doing anything at all because it says, stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of your God. So there's a part that they had to play. And that, that part was, hands off, stand firm in the God who is sovereign over all. Verses 18 to 21 go on in relation to believing in the Lord your God. Because it's one thing to hear what God says. It's another thing to listen to what God says. But in order to listen and to act upon it, you need to believe it. You need to take God at his word. Verse 18, notice what King Jehoshaphat does. It says, he bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. See, this is where that, that truth all of a sudden became personal. Because they acted upon what they knew to be the truth about the sovereign God who says, this battle is not yours, it's mine. I've got this. And see, the thing is, is that we like to go through life with everything in our hands like this. And the thing is, is that we need to learn a lesson from King Jehoshaphat and all of Judah because they weren't living life like this. They were going like this. God, you've got this. And we're going to stand here and watch you work and watch you be victorious. Verses 20 and 21, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. 
And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And as they went before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Another truth to proclaim about who God is. See, they believed God and they acted upon that by showing their their humility before the sovereign God of all who says, I've got this, watch me win the battle. Then verses 20 through 22, uh, the Lord delivers Judah. And we see here again them worshiping God. As you notice in verse uh, 22, it says, And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, or I'm sorry, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. See, this enemy had no hope whatsoever. Even though they thought that they were going to be victorious, even though that they you know, joined forces together to come against King Jehoshaphat and all of Judah, they had no idea that the God who is sovereign over all already had the battle won. Notice what it says in verse 24. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde. So they looked out over where the battlefield was going to take place. And what did they see? It says, and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. And see, this gives testimony to the fact that God, as the one who is sovereign over all, does everything fully. Because he removed that enemy completely. There was no aspect of that crisis that was left undone because God does not leave things undone. He's a finisher. And he accomplished exactly what he said through his prophet Jehaziel to the people of Judah and King Jehoshaphat. And the rest of the verses there in that chapter, verses 27 to 30, I just want to mention the fact that after three days... That's not the one I want. Okay. After three days of acquiring the spoils around them, notice what it says in verse 27. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps and with lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord, and the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. And see, the thing is, as we take a look at the crises we face, if we try to do it in and of our own selves, if we try and take care of all of the nuances, all of the, the factors, all the facets that can you know, comprise a crisis, and don't have our focus and our gaze on the God who is sovereign over all, then guess what? We're going to miss out on the rest and the peace that only God can give. To put your mind at ease, to put your heart at ease, to let you know that without a shadow of a doubt, as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, that no matter what you're facing, crises-wise, God's got it. So watch him work. Step back. And be in all of the God who is creator, sustainer, and sovereign over all. 
And I'd like to close with some application here. Because I think it's important for us to see that this Old Testament account of Jehoshaphat and, and Judah has a lot for us today. And I've already kind of applied things as we've gone through and we've seen, you know, that when we're afraid we should seek the Lord, that we should remember who God is, that we should listen to him, that we should believe in him, that we should worship him. Is that there's four texts in the New Testament that I will very quickly share with you that will give you the ability to see that nothing has changed from the Old Testament to the New. Because God has not changed from the Old Testament to the New. That God is still sovereign overall. So that our eyes are on you, Lord. First is to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Do you remember what Jehoshaphat did in verse 3? He set his face to seek the Lord. So when you find yourself at that moment where you don't know what to do, whether to back up, to move forward, to go left or to go right, set your focus and your gaze on the God who is sovereign over all. Seek his kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. Everything that you would, you know, lose as a result of you focusing on your ability to handle the crises all by yourself, you will gain when you put your your focus and your gaze upon God's kingdom and his righteousness first. Second is to spend time with God. Colossians 4.2 says, Continually steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Do you remember back in... um, Verses 5 to 12, King Jehoshaphat prayed. And part of his prayer was is that he gave thanks to God. He remembered who God was. <coughs> Excuse me. And the thing that we can do today as we find ourselves facing the unknown is to continue steadfastly in prayer, realizing that prayer, as we learn from the Sermon on the Mount, is communion with God. It's going to him and acknowledging who he is, not forgetting who he is and realizing the impact he can have on our lives each and every day. And at the same time, be watchful. Guard yourself. Don't give in to those things that um, seemingly come natural to us. Instead, do that which, you know, puts your focus and your gaze upon God. Spend time with him. Third is to stop being anxious. We've used this text much in the last year. But Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Remember back in verse 20? What did King Jehoshaphat and the people do? They believed God. And the thing is, is that, When you are anxious, you're not believing God because your focus is on the crises and not on the God who can take the crises away. And you remember at the end there in verse 30, it says, God gave him rest all around. See, God finished it. He gave King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah exactly what they needed, not only victory over an enemy, they gave him rest. 
for them to, to continue to put their focus and their gaze upon God. And finally, secure your mind, which is only uh, another verse later in Philippians chapter 4. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Remember verse 6? What did Jehoshaphat do? He remembered who God is. And that's exactly what we need to do today. What I want to do is I want to close with the lyrics of a song, and I'm going to have you join in. We're not going to sing. Just know that. Um, But I'm going to read the lyrics, and then there's a phrase that I want you to to join me in reading. Uh, And that is, the the battle belongs to the Lord. So let's stand as we uh, remember this truth about God. Hopefully you'll be able to read it. It's a little bit small here this morning. <laughs> because we need to remember that in order to respond to crises in the right way and to respond in a way in which we will know without a shadow of a doubt that will prevail is to remember that the battle belongs to the Lord. And heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle okay, I'm not convinced yet. No weapon that's fashioned against us shall stand. We sing glory and honor and power and strength to the Lord. The power of darkness comes in like a flood. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. And we sing glory and honor and power and strength to the Lord. And when your enemy presses in hard, do not fear. For the battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory and honor and power and strength to the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Amen.